You're listening to Self-Publishing Journeys, the weekly podcast for all new and aspiring self-published authors. Stand by for tips, resources, hints, and practical techniques to help you on your own self-publishing journey. Meet indie authors at different stages of their writing careers and hear how they manage to get their own books published and making sales. For show notes, web links, and useful resources, please head to selfpublishingjourneys.com. Now, here's your show host, self-published author and digital marketer, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Self-Publishing Journeys episode number 51 for Monday the 20th of February. Falsely accused of arson and manslaughter and thrown in a Spanish jail, my guest today, David P. Perlmutter, turned real-life drama into a full-time writing career following the success of his debut novel, Wrong Place, Wrong Time. After the success of this novel, David decided to share with other indie self-published authors his guide to getting his novel to the number one spot in true crime on Amazon's USA chart. David has since gone on to write several non-fiction books outlining his marketing strategies, and he recently signed a publishing contract with Austin McCauley, which offers a hybrid publishing model. When I spoke to David, he'd just returned from a book signing. I asked him how it had gone. Yeah, it was very. Uh, it went very well. At the moment, um, a bit of background, I'm uh, a volunteer campaign ambassador for Cancer Research. And um, unfortunately, uh, my father uh, passed away 14 years ago of lung cancer. So that's uh, one reason why I became involved in Cancer Research. Plus also my editor, my girlfriend, Julie, she's a campaigns ambassador. So I was in Chelsea today um, on the King's Road and uh, signing... Um, the, one of my books, Wrong Place, Wrong Time, um, for charity. And I give a little donation um, from each pro- book proceeds to that particular branch. So it went very well today. Um, I had to – a friend of Jilly Cooper's came in today, and apparently Jilly Cooper wanted one of my books. So I had to sign it for her. Um, I did meet Jilly Cooper in Piccadilly Waterstones on a book signing event a couple of months ago. So hopefully she will uh, – would have remembered me um on wednesday i'm actually at cancer research in st john's wood and then kensington on thursday so i'm doing a tour of cancer research as well as waterstones and wh smiths so this is amazing you, you live a right showbiz lifestyle for an author Let, let's go right back to, to basics would you ever have thought of writing if it hadn't have been for the sort of extraordinary events that took place that inspired wrong place wrong time um Probably not. No. Um, my mum always, bless her, she always keeps rem- uh, reminding me, David, you had to go to have additional elocution lessons. I can't even say that word. <laughs> I'm dyslexic as well. And um, me and writing never really, never really suited each other. But I was living in Portugal. I lived in Portugal for seven years, about three years ago, four, seven years. And um, I had a blog, which I still have. And I was, um, I, for a bit of therapy, I wrote, I, wrote uh, I was writing this story as a blog post um, for what happened in the events in Marbella. And my friend and then editor, Elaine, said, Dave, don't do this as a blog. It's too good. Do it as a book. So we spent nine months writing this, editing it and so forth. Um, I self-published. And I didn't think that in four years I would have 10 books on Amazon. And the amount of reviews I've had for one place, one time, on Amazon and Goodreads and so forth, has really sort of blown me, um, overwhelmed me, and the amount of four or five stars have really encouraged me to 
to, to write further. And I'm writing, obviously, a couple more books at the moment, um, which have got to be out by the end of this month and March. And um, it's it's taken over. I don't have a full-time job. Um, I'm not saying my writing is, uh, is giving me a huge income. Every self-published author will tell you it doesn't. But um, with the book signings, they do help. And this is what I, this is my dream now, to be honest. I don't want to work in the estate agents ever again. <laughs> now, most people, you know, when they're struggling with a bit of writer's block, they, they work through it and they struggle with this first novel for years. But instead, you did it a completely different way around. You went and had this amazing adventure and then it inspired the book. So for people who don't know, can you just kind of summarise briefly the, the nature of the inspiration for that book? Um, it was, I mean, it was partially for my father as well, um, who, who died, um, of, of cancer and he was my rock in the book. And to be quite honest with you, Paul, I, if it wasn't really for him, um, I probably wouldn't be here. Well, I probably would be here now, but it would have been under a lot of severe circumstances where he did some, what he did, and I'm not going to give it away. This is in the book. What, what, what he did was totally against his, uh, morals. And but he did it because I was his son, and um, this is why the book is actually dedicated to, to him. Um, it started off me be, being a state agent in London, and due to stupidity, uh, I lost everything job, like driving license, and so forth. And um, I was on a huge low, um, and then I decided I wanted to get away from the UK, so I went to uh, Marbella in Spain. And uh, circumstances went even more dramatic, to be honest with you. And um, in a nutshell, I don't want to give too much away, but I was wrongly arrested of um, arson and manslaughter um, after saving a couple of lives from a hotel fire. And um, I was put in jail. I got bail. And I'm not going to give anything more away. That is where the story does does intrigue people. Get, keep, I've had a, a fantastic uh, couple of days of receiving five-star reviews and people are just saying they just grip from page one to the end and it should be a movie and, and so forth. I've had a couple of conversations with the film companies. So it takes ages. I've heard it all before, but fingers crossed. Okay, so it was born out of true life events. What's it like then, um, writing the story of real life events? Because most of us write... Uh, fiction. This is kind of, I think it's sort of almost fictionalised non-fiction, isn't it? Um, I, I I bow to people who write fiction, who come up with these plots, um, a detective story and so forth, because I love writing true stories about my life, to be honest with you, because I've had quite a, I've had quite a few adventures in my life, and I have to say I'm writing another one at the moment. And I've got another one on Amazon called Five Weeks, which is about a five-week trip I did to America. I, it's, I, the reason why I love writing how I do is it's like an, in, in a conversa- uh, conversation style. And I'm writing in the first person. I'm writing about me. So I'm, 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 I'm talking it. I'm writing and talking it through. Um, and it's, it's – the wrong place, wrong time involves my family. All my family are mentioned. And in fact, I do have, obviously, with my father and, and, and one of my brothers, Bob, we, there's a few conversations we have um, once they've read the papers and I call him and he said, David, what the hell is going on? You're in the papers and so forth. Um, so, I, I, as I say, I bow down to fiction writers, but I do love writing 
you know, true stories about me, to be honest with you. It may sound really egotistic and so forth, it's not, but um, I find that it's a good way of, of, you know, therapy as well for me to get it down on paper. You're sounding a little bit like, you know, they always say never travel with, um, is it Tom Hanks? Never travel with Tom Hanks because yeah. you're always going to get into trouble. It sounds like you've had quite a rich life then in terms of, you know, getting into scrapes. I, I have. In fact, I was speaking to a, a guy who read uh, both Wrong Place, Wrong Time and Five Weeks. He go, he, I saw him the other day. He goes, so what are you writing now then? I said, I'm writing it's in another true story called 24 Hours in New York. He goes, oh, my God, I am never going to go away on holiday with you. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine that. I know. But I've calmed down an awful lot now. I actually went to Spain last May with my girlfriend and her children, and that was the first time I've been back since the incident, which is, you know, going on 25 years ago, I was nervous, very nervous going through passport control. And what did she do? But, just strap you to a sunbed on the beach and say, don't yeah, move? <laughs> yeah, I was very, very nervous. But um, thankfully, you know, I've been to America since. I've married an American, not married anymore, but I've married an American, been to America many times, and Portugal I lived. So it's it was nerve-wracking, but it was it was fine. It was fine. Okay, so you said that um, you're dyslexic and that, you know, re- reading, writing and you didn't get on. What was it like then to sit down and express this? You said you started as a blog, which I guess is a lot less intimidating than sitting down to write a book. Yeah, it is. Um, I've learned an awful lot, actually. Obviously, I do read, probably not as much as one should or as I should. I do write a lot. And each book you write, I see I, I sense an improvement with it within my writing because if someone says they know it all and they they know how to write completely, you're lying. I'm sure there's Jeffrey Archer and Grisham and Patterson. Everyone improves, <clears throat> you know, daily, daily. They all say, you know, you should read to learn how to write. Um, but I think it's, you know, people have their own style of writing and I do believe I have my own style of writing whether someone loves it or, or they don't everyone's got their own personal opinion um but I do feel I have my own style of, of writing which which I enjoy and I'm thankfully a lot of people do enjoy what was the um, initial self-publishing process like for you because presumably you were feeling your way or did you have somebody to guide you through it the I had obviously my editor for I had someone to format it for me um and someone when i uploaded it and the cover now i actually for format books and upload for other authors now wow uh, um and i do their marketing as well because since wrong place wrong time i've always been in sales and marketing and since the book the first book came out i've written um eight books on on marketing and they're called My Way. It's like a My Way brand. I'm going to do some self-shameless promotion here, Paul. I do apologize. No, that's fine. That's fine. Um, and I started off with a book called My Way, and then I changed it to My Way One, as in W-O-N. And that's got great reviews from authors, and it shows how I managed to um, get Wrong Place, Wrong Time to be number one in true crime in America, in Australia, in France, in Spain, even Japan. And... Um, Authors are saying, how have you done this? It's your first book. How have you done it? I'm I'm constantly on Twitter. Twitter for me has been fa- a fantastic platform to get my book out. It really has. 
Um, and that's what I've written about. I've written a book about Twitter. So there's eight books called In the My Way brand, um, which features authors, sci-fi authors, writers of erotic, um, people who have life experiences. It's all sort of My Way 1 all the way. It's all numbered up to eight. Um, and I'm writing another, another one at the moment as well. Um, I just enjoy sales and marketing as well. I love the marketing side of promoting me myself and other authors which is really important which which we all do support each other so you've done very well then on the amazon charts could you just give us you know a little insight some nuggets into how you did manage to do so well with your first book because for most self-published authors that first book you are an unknown author at the bottom of a very deep pile you've got to claw your way to the top somehow yeah um absolutely currently it's one place on time i'm proud to say is number one in Time Out Travel, as it's to do with travel, and also number one in white-collar crime. So it's become a bestseller in categories. Um, I Going back to your question is, for, I, for a first-time author, completely unknown, obviously you've got to have a good striking book cover. Um, that is the first. It's like with anything. If you're looking for a car or a house, or if you're going on a date, like a dating a, a dating site, it's it's the what you see is what what attracts you. Um, also, I personally, my books are cheap. They're ninety nine p, and people would say, "Oh, you're reselling. You're you know, you're selling yourself cheap and so forth." When that first book came out, I was unknown. I'm not saying I'm known now, but I was unknown. And um, I couldn't put it up. There's some authors who have their first book up. It's at four ninety nine, five ninety nine for a Kindle. And I'm sorry, but it is no one's going to pay that. And what do authors like? Um, you're not for one book. You're not going to retire and earn a fortune. Not for one book. So what you what I wanted and what all authors want are reviews. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. We all love reviews, and this is why I put my book at that or i put my books at that price because people always go for under a quid people want something for free or something cheap these days and i personally think and it is worked it's a domino effect i would prefer to have more sales at 99p than one or two at 499 because number one your rankings on goo on amazon the more reviews you get and have the better it is for Amazon to promote you. I get emails every day saying, get this book and that book. Most of them are mine or sponsored on, on other social media platforms which I don't, I don't pay for advertising. So for first-time authors, you're not going to make a full – you're not going to retire if your book's on four ninety nine because no one – personally, no one's going to buy it because they don't know you. And without reviews, if you have not got any reviews, you're not given the re- – the reader, uh, an option. You know, should I get it because of that review or should I not because of that review? I think reviews are so important. And I would say stick to 99p, write more books, um, and the, the, the reviews will come and the sales will come. As I said, I prefer to sell 10 at 99 than 2 at 499 because you're going to get more sales. You'll get more reviews. Then you get more people, get you know, word and mouth, you know, recommending your book. But even at 99 pence or 99 cents, you've still got to get people to see it. So how, how did you do that? Was that entirely Twitter or did you use other strategies? Um, 
I the blog, obviously Twitter has Twitter for me has been fantastic. Um, I mean, I tweet daily. Sometimes I tweet every fifteen minutes, or sometimes you know I I I, I mark other um, authors as well. So I promote them. I promote businesses as, uh, also on on Twitter. Um, I think it was constantly tweeting, now constantly um, including the image on Twitter, but obviously now it's 140 characters and you can upload up to four different or four or five different images without encroaching on that 140 characters. So I put in as many images as possible because, again, the more images you have, the more it is on Google and so because it's all down to Google as well. Um, I retweet a lot of people i mean i probably have about nearly half a million tweets i've done and i would say a half of those are retweeting again so important you know support is really important so it's not just and i don't put buy my book i've never done that what i've done is uh, what i what i've done is um i always put reviews of my book or um, little sentences of my book with the link or an image. Um, so Twitter's been fantastic for me. Facebook's been very good as well. Um, Instagram, but recently, I would say second um, below Twitter it has been LinkedIn. Are you on LinkedIn? I'm sure you are on LinkedIn. I am, and I noticed you were on LinkedIn actually. Yeah, and um, and you've done a good job of LinkedIn. You've got all your covers. Now that is not a typical way to use LinkedIn because we generally think of it as corporate. So talk me through that. I'm interested to know how that's working for you. Okay, I'm a bit of a cheeky marketeer, so I don't really care if someone if someone says you're tweeting too much. I say enjoy, or or um, you know, you, you don't have to follow me. You know, the book, the book is like a business. And, um, well, if it was a business, I'd be bankrupt. <laughs> no. the, books are, <laughs> the books are like a bit, it's your baby, isn't it? So you want to get it out to the world, you know, and Twitter is free. No need to pay for it. And it's free. And LinkedIn, last year, I had about 150 connections. And my girlfriend said, they, you know, she's, she, she's a PR on marketing as well for business in, in London. And she You've got to get on LinkedIn. You've got to get on LinkedIn. So I, I finally, I was on LinkedIn, but I finally did it progressively. And now I want to tell you about a post I did. I have over 7,000 connections. And at each post I put on gets 100 views, 200 views. And I'll get a huge amount of interaction. I did a post three months ago, and I'm still getting comments now. Um, she, When we got the books delivered, of one place, one time from the publishers. Um, Julie took her, her name too. She took a photo of books stacked up in her bedroom. There was 83. So she took a photo and put it on Facebook. So I'm really proud, blah, blah, blah. And I said, right, we got to, I've got to use this. I'm going to put this on social media platforms, the, the, the image and get people to guess how many copies and the first correct answer will receive a signed copy. Okay. And I'll put it on LinkedIn. And a week later, I had 52 comments, and I was really chuffed with that. Then about two weeks later, or up until now, there has been 70,000 views, 36,000 guesses of how many books, and over 5,000 likes. Wow. And it went viral. And it was like I was overwhelmed. I was number one out of all of my connections. 
I had fantastic comments saying, genius bit of marketing, this is great, blah, blah, blah. No one else can do it who follow me because they would think they copied. But I did have one negative comment and he, he replied, he goes, what a shameless, low budget piece of promotion. So I replied and said, yep, shameless, low budget. It wasn't, it was free. Um, but the uh, ironic thing is, the guy from California, his job, he's in sales and marketing. And it, it was quite unbelievable for him to turn around and say, what a shame, this low-budget piece of promotion. Well, that's interesting because when I'm talking to people about this stuff, I always say, you know, always look at what people are doing, never dismiss it, and always say to yourself, how can I replicate that? How can I use that in my yeah. business? Now, you, you, this is really interesting, actually. I'm pleased you mentioned this because I wouldn't have spotted this, just a cursory look at your profile. Yeah, 7,633 followers on LinkedIn, which is phenomenal for LinkedIn, but also 228 posts. That is phenomenal, too. Very, very interested in what you're doing in LinkedIn because I've never seen someone frankly hammer it as hard like that for marketing well what i know i told you i, told, I can't be a bit obsessive i just want to get my, my you know me and the books out there but a lot of the um i do the little posts and i do linkedin pulse as well where you can add images and, and so forth you know i talk about um i talk about reviews and i talk about what i've been doing i talk about my charity work um i uh, People, authors who I promote, I, I add them on my blog and I add that onto LinkedIn and I add it onto Twitter and Facebook and it's like a domino effect and on my website as well. Um, it's really just getting as many, uh, as, as much um, interaction as possible. I follow people. I had one woman contact me on the first, on LinkedIn and said, thank you for the follow, but I don't really see there's much much uh, common interest. I'm doing this and I'm, and I'm not that. And to be honest with you, everybody more or less reads a book, you know, what, you know, on the train, on at work, on the beach, on bed, just walking on their Kindle. Everybody reads a book, I feel. And um, this is why I, I do, I do an awful lot of posts to get those booked out. And people, I've had people, readers can you send me one to this country and that country they pay for it and i sign it and i send it it's just it's just getting that book out there that's what just getting as as huge exposure as possible i got to ask you about um loose women on your facebook feed there's a picture of you on the loose women set is that for real yeah i was uh i've been in the audience okay i'm not being actually on the panel but no, nice marketing, I, that's good i like that well done Right. Well, the first time I was on there, um, mainly it's 95% of women who go to Loose Women. And uh, being a bit of a, uh, I've been called certain things, but I, I love going to those sort of things. And it's a way of marketing for me. Carl, the guy who, who is the um, warm-up guy, I get on very well with. So, and he asked three or four guys to stand up to do a bit of dancing. I've done a little bit of dancing. I was chosen to to be a pretend celebrity as you walk down to, to and they were cheering me and i had to pretend to be a pretend celebrity and for the efforts um they took a photo of me and these other four people from the audience in the with the lucerne background um on there so that was one coup and i was actually twice i've been uh 
filmed in the audience and the first time my kids said, Dad, what are you doing on Loose Women? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> then the second time I had, I was having a little bit of a flirty thing with um, Colleen Nolan and I was in the, passenger, the, the front row and she was sort of talking to me, I was talking to her um, and I just, I had my book with me and um, I just had to get it to her. So Carl managed for me to get the book. I signed it for her. We had our photo taken and I know she won Big Brother recently, which I don't watch, but I was killing that on Twitter because it was twen- trending. And I was putting a picture up of Colleen and me saying, I wonder if she's brought the book in to read into Big Brother and, and so forth. So I use I use that as a part of cheeky marketing. And I use trending on Twitter an awful lot. It's fantastic. I wrote about it, a little book about it, how you can, can incorporate what is trending to incorporate your book. Or just be cheeky, you know, get get interaction with other people. And I do, which is which is great. You know, I find it, I love interaction with people online, offline. This is all uh, clever stuff. You know, I, I call it um, expert positioning in that you can make yourself look bigger than you are just by spotting the right opportunities and using the opportunities in front of you. You seem to me to be a bit of a master of that. Thank you. Um, I was actually having a chat with Elaine, my previous editor yesterday, and she was going, Dave, you're in Waterstones. And we've got, I've got a lot, few Waterstones. Um, I've done a few Waterstones signings and I've got some next weekend in Bridport. Then I've got Winchester and I've got Camden, fingers crossed Chelsea today. And she goes, you must be earning a fortune. I said, no, I am not actually, to be honest with you. Because um, with Waterstones, you don't earn a fortune because you don't get paid. You get paid twice in a year and I won't, get, I won't see any royalties till August. So I'm living off certain things. You go, people must think you're so successful and this and that. I said, well, I think people believe I am, but it's all, she goes, you are the way you market yourself. I'm not being egotistic here at all, Paul. She's only saying what she, I'm only repeating what she said. And um, she said, you know, the way you are marketing yourself, you, you're here, you're there, and you're learning this, and it's just the way you come across. So if I think that you're really successful, and I know you for 10, 15 years, how do other people think how successful you are? But it's all, it's all marketing. It really is. And I think it's so important. And when I'm out and about, I always have at least one paperback book with me because you never know where you will be or who you'll bump into or if you're going to pass water stones. And I go in there, the book's on their website. I ask for a book signing. And it goes from there. I leave my book with them, and it just it dominant. It's a domino effect. And then they say, "Yep, let's do a book signing." Okay, let's let's talk about Waterstones because if you self publish, and particularly if you self publish, say through Create Space, Waterstones is notoriously difficult to get into. The 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 booksellers just aren't interested in Create Space. So tell me how you've managed to get that relationship with Waterstones then, as a self publisher. Well, I was. Well, I am a self publisher. But Wrong Place, Wrong Time has been published by a company called Austin McCauley. Um, and so they're based in London, Australia, and uh, Wall Street, America. And I actually met them. Well, they they actually contacted me and I, because I marketed myself for three days last year at the London Book Fair. I really did. And I wrote about it and so forth. And, you know, it's I've met some great people. We're going to meet. I still see them today. Um and it was the first time, really, where I was actually getting recognised. People, you know, 
got my I know you, you're David Pelmonter, because they saw my bet the, the name badge. <laughs> I know you, you're David Pelmonter. But um, also people were showing me on their Kindle, they got my book or Twitter, they're following me. So that's the first time I've, I've sort of had any recognition. And Austin McCauley emailed me about three months later and wanted a, a chapter of the book. And I sent them a chapter and they said, well, we want three chapters. So I sent them three chapters and they sent back and said, we want to publish this. So I revised it, extended it, re-edited it. And um, the book they published on the 30th of September last year. And so obviously they got a, <clears throat> a way into Waterstones because if, if you're self-published, create space, that's Amazon. Amazon Waterstone is like, Arsenal and Tottenham, you know, they're huge rivals. And um, so I would not have been able to do it without Austin McCauley. So when I go into Waterstones, if I phone them, I email them, or I go in there, so I just walk in there. And, you know, if I've got the book with me, which I nine out of ten times I do, and posters, it's got, it's got a barcode on there. It's got Austin McCauley's uh, details on there. Plus, also, now I've done book signings in Bournemouth, Doncaster, Watford, and other Waterstones. It's on their, it's on their um, catalogue, and it's on their system to show that I've done book signings. And um, I was proud, because the one in Bournemouth, 24 were brought, and I signed, and they said that's the most we've had an author sell. So um, they've ordered more, which is really great. But how does this work, though, David? Because, you know, I would be terrified if I agreed to do something at Waterstones that only one man and his dog would turn up and that would be for somebody else. You know, how, how do you know uh, that you can pull an audience? What, what kind of marketing and promotion does it get? Well, number one, I make sure that the uh, events are on Waterstones' website, which they are, which is, do you know what? I saw it the other day. And I did put it on Facebook. It said, I, if you go towards Stones and you put my name in, it's on there. And they've got the events which are coming up. I'm as proud as punch, you know. And um, I do it for nothing. My girlfriend always says, Dave, you just give away. No wonder you're not rich or whatever, because you give away too much. And I do. I'm a generous bloke like that, to be quite frank. Give a book away. And I'm thinking, oh, that's your business. And uh, she often tells me off like that. And um, I... Just being in Waterstones, people always they're going into Waterstones for a purpose. Going, to, you know, they're browsing for a book, and if they see an author there, people love nothing better than a book signed by an author. Plus, I do talk for England, as you probably gathered. Right? I do talk for England, and I just love the interaction with people. They, I walk in, they go, "My God!" Even today, this place, she goes, "You've come in with such energy." I mean, I was knackered, but she goes, "You come in with such ne- such energy." And um, I think that just comes across and people, you know, you talk to people and um, you have a little bit of a chat with them and then they think, and you tell them about what you do and they think, right, yeah, I'm going to buy this. It's a charity or it's a Waterstone. I'm going to buy this book. You tell them how many reviews it's got, where it's ranked. I show them on my phone where it is on Amazon. I show them my Twitter account with all my followers just to confirm who I am and, showing off a little bit so they buy the book obviously because they're not just walk in there and buy it you know you have to sell yourself there's all there's there's still that element of um selling yourself because they don't know you but the beauty of it is i was sitting next to i wasn't sitting next to my table where i was sitting was next to 
um, a table full of um, Apple Tree Yard books, which has just been on BBC. Oh, yes. We just watched episode one last night, actually. Yes, on yeah. iPlayer. Yeah. No, it's very, it is very good. It's good to us. And so I took a photo of me and the books, you know, my books, their books, and I tweeted it to um, Louise Dalton and Walter Stones. And this is how I try to do. I tell you what I did the other day, if you don't mind me going on, Paul. No, it's fine. This is fine. This is really good marketing stuff, so carry on. Yeah. Okay. I'd, when I was in Doncaster, I went to see some uh, Julie's uh, from around there, my girlfriend, and we went to stay with her brother, and I combined it with two book signings, one in Waterstones, Doncaster, and one, and one for Cancer Research. I tried to fit them in as much as possible, obviously. So when I was at Don- Waterstone, Doncaster, and I'll tell you what, the people are fantastic. I did about 17, 18 books there. <clears throat> I saw and I do this quite often, there's like 50 shades. So I put my book there and I said, I'm getting cozy, getting cozy with E.L. James and put hashtags in and this and that. She replied and said, very cozy. <laughs> we, we tweeted it. And then my time, I went mad. And um, I do do, if I see, but I did one today, it was, uh, I put my I book in between, again, 50 shades, because it's obviously 50 shades darker it was. And a Sophie Kinsella book, and I've sandwiched myself in between them. I'm not not bad, but it could be worse being sandwiched between E.L. James and Sophia Kinsella. And it's we do follow each other, so I, I did that, and it gets retweeted and retweeted, and it's given them um, publicity, even though E.L. James doesn't need it. It gives them publicity, but also it gives me publicity. It's very, it's a very interesting technique. This it's it's literally. Um, spinning gold out of nothing, uh, as far as I can see, you know, because you, you haven't got a marketing budget. Um, I want to dig a little bit into the Austin Macaulay arrangement because I think they they build themselves on the website as a as a hybrid publisher. How, how does that work? Do they give you a million pounds as a as a you know a, a deposit, or how how does it work? Do they do they pay? You yeah, they gave me a million pounds, and uh, that's why I was doing some signings at Cancer yeah. Research today. Um, they. I think they're also a fantasy um, publishers. I didn't pay them anything. I know, I know people have. I wouldn't. Um, it's great that they got the books printed. The support has been great. No one markets yourself like you. No one promotes and markets yourself like you. The one who would do it the most, you get support from other authors and publisher and, and so forth. But there's a no one, no one does it better than yourself because you want your book out there. You're spending 24 7 promoting your book. But I would never pay, I've never paid for advertising. I'm Tell a lie. Okay. Tell a lie. I did £13 on Facebook ads and it did not work for me. I know it's only 13 quid. I know people spend. 20 pound a day or five or 15 quid a day your books it just i know someone i went to a meeting last week about self-publishing and he's got i'm not going to say the name but seventeen thousand likes right on his on his facebook that means anything he he paid for an advert and he got 400 views and i'm thinking 400 views out of seventeen thousand people who like your page plus you're paying facebook to get more exposure to other people and i didn't think that was a great ratio i may be wrong i don't know um so for me though link linkedin's been fantastic 
depends how you use it. I don't, I haven't got a business. Well, my business is, is my books. I've had fantastic response on there. I've had business from there as well, which has been great um, for marketing other authors. But Twitter has is just, I don't know how they make their money. I hope they last. <laughs> but uh, it's been fantastic. If someone says to me, do you, you know, I know authors who haven't got a Twitter account. I said, you need it. You need it. How are you going to get your book to people who, you know, you got to get your book to famous people, celebrities. You can't do that really on, on other um, social media platforms. I, I feel you can do it on Instagram, but you can get direct. I get, I, I have chats with Hugh Frazier, who was Mr. Pro, he was Poirot's sidekick. He's become an author now, an author now. So there's a lot of people I talk to who are in the media or celebrities and um, Ray Winston, we follow each other. He's, I met him once at a cancer research too. He's a lovely guy. And um, and we follow each other. So we, we have banter. This is why you, Twitter is great for that. I, I, you know, if someone says, oh, I don't know, I can't get on with Twitter. I have TweetDeck, which I can schedule all my tweets. It's just an important part of your marketing strategy. I want to talk about these reviews that you've got. Wrong Time, Wrong Place has 427 reviews, and that's just in the UK. That is a phenomenal number of reviews. And as as with anything, when you get that number of reviews, you then get the ones, the twos, the threes, the fours, and the fives. And yours are predominantly fours and fives, as you say. But how how do you deal with the ones and the twos, you know, the, the real kind of negative ones that everybody seems to get? Okay, <clears throat> I've got my... I think if a book, and I, 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 you stalk, like you said earlier, I do. I stalk books, and I stalk other authors' books. Well, of course they're authors' books, David. But I look at the reviews and where they're ranking and so forth. And if a book had all five-star reviews, I'm telling you there would be one or two reviews saying, this book isn't five-star. These, these reviews must be from family and friends. <clears throat> so I believe that having... A mixture of reviews, it, it keeps it real. The first time I've got, the first time I received a one star or two star, in fact, Elaine, my old editor, said, be wary of the one stars because of the nature of the, the book. I do come across, as, as people said, you know, I did do what I did, a bit of a scumbag, and I was naive, and I was, um, it was all the nasty the drinking and partying and so forth. So I do come across as a bit of a cocky, individual um but when i received my first one star got it i was shattered it really did knock me my confidence and every time i look every time you see that you've got a news review i scroll down really slowly on my amazon page you can just imagine and then until i see it and i think oh five star i've got one today and one yesterday when it's a one star you've got to deal with it i you know i've been called names on the one on the one star and I put my hands up, you know, you're right. You know, I was this or I was that. But um thankfully the four and five stars across Amazon have been great. I did have a laugh at one I also promote one star reviews as well. You may think that, that's crazy, but I do. One particular one star I got was from America <laughs> this guy. I loved it. He goes, I was expecting as it's a travel, I was in my Marbella in Spain. He goes, I was expecting a Ernest Hemingway travel log, and all I got was Austin Powers and holiday. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you know what? I, I, I tweet it. I put, I love this one star. And I've got a picture of 
Austin Powers going, yeah, baby, as an image. And it was my hashtag Austin Powers and it got retweeted and so forth. And it was, you know, you gotta, a, you can't please everybody. You can't. So if someone gets a one star, I had someone said to me the other week, she got her first one star and she feels really devastated and this and that. I said, look at the four and five stars you got. You cannot please everybody in this world. If you could, then Donald Trump would be president. Oh, he is. <laughs> now, I, I don't usually ask kind of journalistic style questions on this podcast, but I am, I am going to ask you one uh, with my apologies, but I need to ask it. When I was looking at the reviews, you know, Wrong Place, Wrong Time's got a phenomenal number of reviews. You know, it, it, it's done brilliantly. And then you look at the, the other books in comparison to that, and they, they don't have the same number of reviews. So this, this journalistic type of question that I'm going to ask you is, are you a one trick pony with with the book? Am I a one trick pony with the book? I think the tr- the book itself being a true story and so forth. Obviously, it's you know I would say quite. It's not fancy romance anything like that. I think it it appeals to a more uh, wider audience. Five. Well, I probably do more promoting on this book than five weeks. But people have said they actually prefer that book five weeks. My Ways, if you look at My Way 1 and My Way to Getting Published, they've got over 70, um, well, over 100 reviews from authors. All of them have got reviews. Some, you know, I think people, I don't promote My Way as much as I should because I just haven't got the time. And I think that's a lot to do with with it as well, to be honest with you. Um, people just, they just seem to, to be magnetized to wrong place, wrong time. Five weeks is getting there regarding the reviews. And it's actually ranking very well. Five weeks is, I think, number 37. No, 41 in in white collar crime. And wrong place, wrong time is number 93 in America. Um, So they're getting there. I think um, I, I, I would say... 80% 80% of my time I promote one place, one time, and that is a lot to do with it. I worked for the BBC for many years, and one of the people I that I've read. And one of the people I interviewed was Mad Frank Fraser. And um, he was promoting a book that he'd written. You know, so here's Mad Frank Fraser, friend of the craze. And um, and we're all happy to read his book because um, when he was sitting opposite me, it was just like my granddad sitting there. You know, he was uh, this this nice old guy from the south, and he was saying to me, "Oh, you know, nice guys like you, Paul. You know, we never bothered with you. It was just between the gang people." So I actually think that people can almost forgive a villain if you want. You know, if if, if there's a likable villain. Absolutely. Two things very quickly. Um, uh, in the book, in one place, wrong time. <laughs> and the journalist was named Paul. Oh, really? <laughs> you didn't work for a tabloid in the in the sky, did you? No, no, I'm radio, I'm BBC. Oh, okay, brilliant. Okay, it wasn't you. But that is amazing what you said about Frankie because when I was an estate agent, I I used to I I was in Islington, and I went to value this house. It was an ex-council two-bedroom masonette. I went up there, and there was this elderly couple. This elderly couple. And even though I knew the craze, well, not no, knew them, thank you. Um, and I'm not good with faces, but I just didn't recognise his bloke. So we're sitting down, this about five foot seven guy, a bit broad, and uh, all right, all right, all right, mate, how you doing? That sort of thing. And he goes, you know who I am? I said, I, I haven't got a clue. 
He goes, I'm, I'm, I'm Frankie Fraser. So when you just said that, and he was a lovely bloke, and you could not imagine him doing what he did. So when you're writing nonfiction, how is that different as a as an author to to write those kind of books? Is there anything different in your approach? No, I look at nonfiction as autobiography, to be honest with you, and it's it's about me, it's about my memories, it's about what happened. Um, I, as I say, I bow down to people who write. For instance, I know she. Where is she? Like Harry Potter and all, and all these. I mean, the imagination these people must come up with. I know you need the imagination for to write anything, but I know, I know the plot. I know, you know where I was and where I am and what I did. Um, and I don't make any notes really. I just type it and type it and go back edit it. I do it quite strangely. I do one or two chapters and go back and read them. I don't go for it for long. And then go back and edit. I do it probably a chapter at a time. Then that's when I give it to my um, editor. But um, I find writing about me would be so much easier than writing fiction, to be honest with you. And you've also got uh, an audio book done of uh, Wrong Place, Wrong Time. I'm just trying yeah. to look. Did you did you narrate that or did you get somebody no. to narrate it? No, it's it needs to be updated, to be quite honest with you, because it's got the older version. But it's done. It's been um reviewed and i'm doing the other books as well especially five weeks it was narrated by a guy called brian j gill he's he's an american right even though it's based in london but when i put it to or axc or acx i can't remember acx yeah that's it <clears throat> you put in a chapter and you get people contacting you so i had about 20 people i listened to them all and the People from England, it's a dramatic story. It really is. And not being funny, it, it didn't come across like that. But Brian, he's an actor as well. And his voice, you wouldn't think he's an American. But the way he the way he narrates it, it's just dramatic. It really is. And one of my friends um, who, do, who, does, uh, who owns a book blog, and she's done a couple of videos for my launches, um, she actually listened to it on audio and she um, put up a review on her blog uh, only a couple of days ago. And she just she was sitting there and she just in the car and, and she just couldn't turn it off. Instead of putting the book down, she couldn't turn it off. So he did it. I would not narrate my own books. I don't like the sound of my voice. No, I was going to ask you about that because you, you to me, seem like the natural narrator for this story. Right. I just... Um, I'm, I, I don't like the sound of my own voice, really. No and one does, I, though, you see. I can tell you that after 18 years in broadcasting, no one likes the sound of their own voice. So as a broadcaster, you just have to get over it, you know, because it's, yeah, it's, 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 the, tool, it's the tool that you use for your job. But no one likes yeah. the sound of their own voice. But I'm just, you know, because it's such a personal story, I, I was just intrigued. That was going to be my next question. Have you tried reading it yourself? Because it seems like you've got to tell it yourself because I can imagine you... You know, I can imagine you pro- promoted this book um, almost like when, when the audience asks you questions. You know, it's as important to read from it as to ask you questions. It's all about you, and you've kind of said that yourself too. Yeah, I mean, that's I may do that, actually. Think about that because it's been revised and it's been extended and re-edited. So there is something I will, you know, very much look into. I just need to find you, – you need to find um, – uh, not a recording, a booth. Wouldn't you, obviously? So 
So you won't have any echo or anything like that. Yeah, you would. You'd need to find a proper booth because it's, um, you know, if you don't do it in a professional booth, it sounds awful. Um, you might think it sounds okay, but it doesn't. You know, it sounds much different in a booth. But uh, no, I mean, I, I, it just seems to me like you've got to, t- you ought to tell this story and that it would almost help with the marketing, uh, you know, to have your voice on it because really it's about relating to you, don't you think, this story? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm I'm made a note of that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we also do consultancy too. There'll be a bill for this. Yeah, sure. I'll give you a shout and the uh, I'll give you a mention on the uh, on the audio. That's right. Give me a call out and a cross promotion. That'll be great. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> you, you're doing some brilliant things. You know, this is why I love doing this podcast because you know every author I meet is doing things differently. I'm astounded by what you've done on LinkedIn. I've never in my life seen LinkedIn used so effectively as that and i think you're doing some brilliant things on twitter and i think the fact that you've only ever spent 13 quid on advertising is astonishing particularly yeah. when you look at that that number of reviews is i'm just i'm amazed by that too because i know how hard it is to get reviews i think you've got about 400 more than i have on, can i just of, say one thing as well yeah go on yeah sorry but i have never ever i will never pay for a review never i would not do that at all i'm not um you never we had a meeting with some other authors and people were saying oh i paid this or this company that i would never do that yeah i, think I want right. genuine i want genuine reviews so what are your plans now i mean you're you're just working so much you, you've come off a high today you've been doing a book signing what what's the game plan for you well i've got um obviously to continue writing what i'm doing i've got it's really these book signings, I just, I love. And I mean, I'm, I'm not there for an hour. I, I'm there probably five, six, seven hours, sit, standing up 90% of the time and talking to people. Um, I've got, as I said, I, tomorrow I'm not signing. I'm doing other things. But Thursday, uh, uh, Wednesday, I'm St. John's Wood. Friday, Thursday, I'm in Kensington. Saturday, I'm at Waterstones in Bridport. I've got Winchester, Waterstones, Camden, Waterstones in March. I've got to go to Swindon, these film producers. They want me to read a chapter at the Shoebox Theatre in Swindon. So fingers crossed something comes of that. Um, I have went into Waterstones in Chelsea today, and um, fingers crossed I'll be going on a panel there with other crime writers. So this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm going to, I want to get more and more, more and more Waterstone signings because obviously every author wants to be in Waterstones. And ultimately a film. Well, yeah, as I said, I've had two people, two companies who have expressed an interest in making, well, one making one place as a film and another doing a, making a series for Netflix. That is really where, you want to be Netflix. I think that has improved tremendously over the past year. And if that happens, fantastic. If it, you know, but I have heard it all before and things take years. Things take time. So that is what I would love. But, you know, I'm, I, what I'm doing, I'm going to keep doing the same promote market, um, book signings, writing, and just um, flogging myself, really. Thank you for listening to this week's self-publishing journeys. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with your indie author friends. Or you can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever podcast directory you use. 
In the meantime, you'll find previous interviews and all the show notes at selfpublishingjourneys.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll have more great self-publishing tips for you next week.